Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, guys. Yet back with another episode. This is episode 214. Uh, This is your boy, East Coast Trez, and I'm joined with my good buddy, Mr. Madman Mardik. What up, dude? I guess so, huh? Freaking A. Another one bites the dust. One, and it, you know, it just keeps on keeping on. I guess I, I never, I never would imagine that we would have made it to 214 episodes. Not really sure how that even happened, or how that even occurred, or how we even made it this long. But we have, and we keep on strumming along. So, oh, deer season is finally here, bro. It is. It's, it's here, bro. What are you speechless? Out? Like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I let you take the helm, which is scary sometimes. Why? I, you know, <laughs> I'll follow you off a cliff. Though. Yeah. So, you've been out. What's been going on, dude? I try to get out when it's not raining. Yeah. Um. I know it's been raining. To... What the past like ten weekends in a row? I know. Like I... literally. Let me try to think here. Oh, so last Saturday it poured in the morning, and then it cleared up. And I was I was watching the weather, man. And the thing is, like, I don't I don't mind hunting in the rain, especially during gun season. I'll sit in a downpour. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to bow hunting and when it, especially with camera gear, I don't like sitting in the rain. But uh, I had a window Saturday afternoon to get out. It looked good, I, and I, I, me and Seth were talking about this. I get in super early. It's just how I've always been. So I got up in my stand at 2 o'clock, um, got set up, got the bow pulled up, and was trying to get my camera arm strapped to the tree, and I looked up, and I already had a buck at the scrape I was sitting over. Jesus Christ. So I filmed them a little bit with my camera on my phone. Yeah. I don't know, maybe like minute and 30 seconds of him working the scrape sent off a couple snapchats or whatever just a little three-pointer or something like that isn't it a little bit early for pre-rut activities <laughs> apparently if you read, listen to the guys <laughs> on facebook <laughs> it's funny to say though like because like there's a ton of people that are actually talking about that. like there was somebody what somebody said something and they I don't remember the exact conversation, and somebody rebutted with, like, oh, that's way too early for pre-rut activities. Like, that's not even real. Why would you hunt over a scrape? Yeah. What? Uh, I guess. Yeah. But anyways, go ahead. So, now that's yeah, early so, for pre-rut so I got activities. Some video, I got some video of him uh, working my mock scrape uh, on my phone, and then I sent a couple Snapchats to you guys and then uh, busted out. Somehow, I was able to get the camera arm attached to the tree, get the main camera out of the backpack, onto the camera arm attached while this deer's at 25 yards, just in time for him to walk by at like 10 yards. Got some, you know, pretty cool footage of him at 10 yards with the main camera, and, and he walked off. And then um, 
Oh, yeah, there's another part of the story I forgot. As I was coming to my tree stand, I see a flock of turkeys. And I didn't really know they were there. They were, like, at my tree stand. So they, they bust up. They scatter. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. So when I get my tree stand, that buck's already there. I already told you that part. So maybe 45 minutes or so, this buck hangs around. He finally works off. Right around the time the buck works off, I hear, out in the swamp. Yep, 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 yep. And then over my shoulder, I hear all the other turkeys because I busted up a fall flock, right? So now they're kind of rallying each other back together to to regroup. Mm -hmm. All I could think of was Tracy Green with his fall turkey hunting tactics, you know? Yeah. And um, it was cool because they ended up uh, meeting back up right in front of my tree stand. So I was just sitting there listening to these vocalizations between the turkeys, you know, gathering back up in front of me. That's bad. That's one of the coolest things in the fall when you're when you're turkey hunting in the fall, like to yeah. to see that stuff and it all come together. Because sometimes you see it right in the morning where like you're like right in the roost and they hit the ground and they do the same exact thing. Like it, it's right. super cool. It's super badass to watch. Yeah, and I I think you experience it different and pay attention differently than you do in the spring, right? Because like, I mean, we've heard some pretty badass hen vocals while you know trying to call toms in and pissing off hens and all that stuff right to like to not be calling at all and to just sit there and listen to how they naturally you know communicate was pretty cool because at that point then they're reacting to you right like they're reacting to you so you're not they're not naturally making that noise correct which is it which is cool to to have them do the natural noise right exactly i was a non-factor so then uh, that was Saturday evening, and then Sunday evening, I went same property, different side of the property. I threw a sit at that, and I had a sketchy win, but I was okay with it, right? So I know historically, like, I found buck beds up on this hillside, and I know where the bucks like the bed. So I had a northeast wind, and the bucks would have been to my southwest coming off the hill so my wind was good for any bucks but i was worried that any does coming out of the bottom my wind was blowing that way right so i get on stand i was i was gonna risk it for the biscuit you know what i mean like we're just gonna go full send so i get in there and I, again i was in there early two o'clock I, I forget what time it was it was fairly early three three thirty and i see i see a deer coming it's a little skippy, right? So I'm like, all right, where's mama at? So here comes mama. Well, the skippy comes right by me, you know, 20 yards. Well, mom must have winded me, right? But not enough to, like, blow or booger out of there. But she, like, knew I was there. And she's just staring at me and looking. And she was getting so pissed off that she couldn't, she couldn't peg me. Like, she wanted mm-hmm. to get me so bad and she couldn't. She was getting frustrated. So she comes around down my weak side, right? I'm in the latitude saddle. So she's on my right side, my weak side. And she's giving me the head bob and little picking up the foot and looking. And I'm just like not moving, not moving. And then she ended up reminding me of like a strutting turkey too, right? So you ever get that turkey that like he like comes in, stops, hangs up, and then turns around and like struts back away from you and then turns around and comes back hangs up, turns around and goes back. She kept doing that like six times. 
So every time she turned to walk away, I was like, finally, like, get out of here. You're like reminding me of a Karen right now, right? Like, get out of here. And uh, then she turned around and I'm like, you, you just won't give up. Right. But she finally, she just gave up, but she, she never pegged me. She never, you know, she never blew at me or busted out of there. And she finally left. So then it was getting, it was getting late. I forget shooting light was like six 30 was legal. So six 45, I uh, start to break down. Right. So I, again, I take the main camera off the camera arm. I put it in my backpack. I look up. Here comes another buck, comes right in, main camera's put away, comes in, start, I, I think it was another six-pointer, comes in, just starts hammering this licking branch. I pull out my phone again, video him with my phone, pause at the ground pretty good, pisses in the scrape, and then walks by me at 20 yards on the cell phone cam again. Like, I, the, the <laughs> something, I, I'm telling you, like, the main camera's jinxed. You're not getting the right footage, bro. Doing something I'm not wrong. Right, I'm not getting the right bucks coming either, too, but yeah. it's all right. That's, well, at least you're getting the action, bro. I mean, that's that's half the battle is being in the For right sure. place at the right time. I mean, you know, it's, oh, yeah. just, it's just a matter of time when the right bucks come in. And those, right. I mean, we're getting to that transition, that change, and, start to see the strange start to show up and things are kind of getting to that point, you know, it's just the way yeah. it goes. Well, I haven't even really hunted my good spots yet at all. Like no. my better properties where my better target bucks are, I haven't even had it. I haven't even sat them yet. Right. Not once. Well, you I know, just hope that just, everybody else isn't in there sitting them too. On my public spots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, checking some non-cell cams here or there watching watching cell cams um just you know me dude i'm like super passive especially when it comes to like early season like i'm not gonna go into my best spot unless it's like high probability like mm -hmm. good weather conditions good wind you know like everything's looking good like i want if i'm gonna go in i want to go in when like i'm confident there's a chance i'm gonna kill a target buck i'm not right. just gonna go th throw a sit on a you know, shitty pressure, uh, hot day, you know, like it's gotta be all, all the stars got a line. I got to check all the boxes and make sure I can go in there with confidence that something's going to happen. Well, and at that, cause you don't want to burn out one of your spots. That's one of the hardest things. Like why would, you know, burn out a good spot? Right. You know, so just always wait. I'm not one to make predictions, and I probably shouldn't, but I got a feeling Monday. Well, it's some a big, shit, some yeah. shit might go down Monday. Well, and you got the temp change and all the other stuff. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that's about to, to yeah. You know, if I can catch line there, if I can catch any kind of west kicker in the wind, uh, preferably like a northwest, a straight west, or like a northwest, northwest west, or north west mm -hmm. or north northwest or west well, it's northwest change out of this like northeast that. crap well you know why that is right it's all that rain mm -hmm. it's getting all pushed a lot of times when we get those out. fronts a lot of time when those fronts come in they come in with a with a east kicker and dude you can kill a lot of deer especially bucks on a on an east wind mm -hmm. because they're so used to our normal winds you know like well i don't know it's been 10 days with the east kicker so i know but normally what happens so is when like the, you get a if bunch, it changes you get a bunch of you get a bunch of west winds west winds west winds and those bucks they have their their normal bedding areas right and the 
a lot of times the west wind's always going to work for their bed, always going to work for their bed. Then all of a sudden you throw a random east wind in there and it, it almost like freaks them out. They're like, they have to change beds. Well, that's, that's what's going to happen. It's been northeast, northeast for 10, 12, 15 days at this point. So it's about to change to whatever. It's going to northwest. It's going to be a complete and utterly flip. So everything that we've seen now is going to go completely different. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so um, and the and the problem with that is like I always try to have trees prepped or or game plans for like all possible wins right right but like let's be honest like most of my stands set up for some kind of west wind mm-hmm. and some kind of north wind right because more than likely we're gonna have north winds and west winds so like i have way less options for east winds and like some properties is like it's almost impossible to hunt on east winds and it, and it sucks you know but um if I can get a West kicker Monday with the, with the, you know, cause it's been hot. Like it's been yeah. gross this week. Like it's really hot. Well, um, I, that's what I'm hoping for is a West so I can get into other properties. Cause I've been scouting Northeast properties or going into Northeast properties. So it's tough. I need to get right. on that Northwest so I can get right. on the other side. Like it so, sucks. I think we got another little rain coming in Sunday, Monday, Saturday. Saturday, Sunday, yeah, and then once that front blows through, we're get, we have a huge temperature drop Sunday night into Monday morning, and Monday should be money. Fuego. Yep, especially after Red Moon, like perfect, dude. Right, it's perfect. So, I got out what the other day it was pretty good. I I don't know. I I went and sat in a piece of public. Never been in there. Got in there and. I got busted. That was pretty cool. Fuck. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it's just good to be, get out. Like, I had two does come running by me. I think something scared them up. I don't know what it was. They came running by me kind of early. And then I was in some thick crap. And there was a small buck of some sort. I don't know. I didn't really even see him. And I was messing around with my saddle. And that's one of the things with saddle hunting is just moving around constantly. And. I found a scrape and just kind of got in it. and Yeah, because you're not paying attention. You're moving around a little bit more. You're messing around with this. And obviously, like, you're trying to get the jitters out, right? Like, all, like, the the things that you haven't done because you haven't been hanging. And then, you know, I got caught slipping, dude, early. Like, he come creeping in early, and I got, I got caught up. But it's just cool. One of the cool things, I, you know, like, after I had left that hunt, I was like, it was just super cool to get in a piece of public go in there, find sign, and find deer. Like, it was just super cool to go and do that. So, I, I don't know. I'm just going to keep plugging away at that. It's been, it's been kind of cool for me because I haven't done really much scouting. And like you, I haven't gone in. I mean, I did some scouting. I have one presets, two presets set up now, but, like, not. I haven't gone into those spots. You know, just leaving those spots right. to build up pressure on the outside because those are normally the more pressure you put on them, the better the rut is. You know, so it's because those bedding grounds end up filling up and then I can be on those bedding grounds with the right winds and things normally turn up pretty good in there. So just kind of leave them alone and hoping for the best. I mean, I got my camera still soaking. They're, they're still soaking. I haven't picked those up yet. I'm just waiting, waiting for the set big, free. Big soaker you are. Yeah, just waiting for them to soak in. Uh, that's about it, dude. And just working and playing with my camera, so... I mean, it's just... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just kind of yeah. chilling out. Just trip. Just doing my thing. Not really got much going on, you know, but whatever. Oh, yeah. 
Bro, you got a killer's you know, corner? Yeah, yeah, I'll get that in one sec. But oh. uh, you know, you you did you did uh, touch on something that I noticed too. Like, it doesn't matter how much you you practice with your your system, like practice hanging and all that stuff. Like, yeah. you're constantly like tweaking something or like figuring mm-hmm. something out. So, like one thing that I've been hasn't kind of kicking my ass, I guess you'd say, is like the height of my camera arm versus where my gear strap is in the mm-hmm. tree and then where my tether is in the tree right so like a couple times like i missed the mark a little bit by a couple inches so like when i hang my bow my bow's like getting into the top of the camera because yep. you know the camera's got that external S- microphone so i normally hang my bow first so now my bow is because obviously dude all in all let's be honest the bow is the most important thing right like your bow height right. is most important because, like, if it's not where you want it to be, you're not going to be comfortable when it comes to the shot. Like, to be able to mm. be accessible and be able to grab it. So, the first thing that goes up is my bow. Then right. I build everything else around. Well, I'm sorry. The tether goes up first because I just know naturally in my mind what the height of my tether is supposed to be where I always put my tether. So, my tether goes first. Then my Where's bow goes go? up. What's that? Where do you put your tether? Oh, I'm I'm forehead height, standing forehead, up. forehead to eye, like you know, like right, right, you know, head no. level. Yeah. And then, and then my bow goes up, and then, and then my, then my camera arm goes up. Right. And then I just know that it's because my bow is the same side as my camera. Some guys put it on opposite sides, but I'm the same side when I'm saddle hunting. Yeah, me too. So like, me too. I I, I want to kind of screw with putting my camera arm in the middle. In so, front of me. so I've hunted like that a lot, actually, and it works out really well. If you're not going to do like a long, right. well, the thing is, if you're hunting for a long period of time and you, right. you're a kneeler on the tree, then you can't really go center because it's right, right at knee height. So one of the things I do is I kneel up against the tree. I put the pla- the center of the camera arm right there. And then go, you know, right at your knees, wherever you're on knees. So, so if you're gonna kneel on the tree, that's a no go for you. That's why I haven't done it, to be honest. Yeah. With you. So it's but just yeah, messing like, around with it. Once it, I just happened to put my gear strap just a little too low, so my bow was my, my bow was okay where it was, but it was just you know say four to five inches lower, mm-hmm. and then it forced the camera like uncomfortably too low to like reach it. To right. maneuver the camera so i'm just getting that kind of stuff dialed in and like make sure my gear straps just a touch higher than i think it should be so i have room for the camera underneath and yeah constantly just thinking about you know next set i'm gonna you know set up something just, and it, it might only be a couple inches but like it all matters to get your system like everything's right where you want it to be you mm-hmm. know no absolutely so, all right killer's corner yeah let's get this thing underway they're it's probably sick of listening to us, bro. dude. You know, like there's like, huh? you know, they, man, well, you know. All right, let's get on with the intro, bro. Like, all right. <laughs> First know? of all, <laughs> big happy birthday to our man RJ. Oh yeah, happy birthday, yeah, bro! Happy birthday, little man! Can't wait to hopefully see you in turkey camp. Yeah, actually, maybe uh, we we'll take a ride up there deer camp. I don't know. There's been talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got. Our man Eric Hammond from Working Class with his first elk in Utah. So congratulations to you, uh, Kenny. Ken, yeah, Kenny Cost. That's on my bucket list, man. I would love to do it. I know, I know. I'm doing it with a rifle too. Yeah. Uh, 
Kenny Coslett, uh, dad and brother, shot a moose. Yeah, that was after 30 years of, of putting I in know. for Maine moose. And Kenny Kenny's a guide in moose in, in Maine. Kenny's one of the boys from Bear Camp that I got to meet up there. So he's also a guide up there in Maine. So Kenny's a good dude up there. Also on my bucket list. Of a big bucket list. Uh, <laughs> well, you've only killed whitetails, so though. I bet you it's pretty yeah, big. Well, that means my bucket list is big. You know what I mean? Uh, Ken D with a nice buck, my man. Congratulations, the pumpkin man. Uh, the monster pumpkin. Another man. big boy, Caleb Keckler with a Massachusetts youth season buck. Great buck. Congratulations, Caleb. Um, and then I got a good one from. Uh, Mason Perkins, his dad, this wasn't on the uh, Facebook group page, but his dad uh, messaged it over to me. Mason shot two bucks already. He's 16 years old. Tagged no, out. Some, yeah. Studs, and there was, too. There were some, some studs. They were some great bucks, dude. Some really some good bucks. I thought that they were the same buck. They were yeah. just two good bucks, you know? And I'm right. like, oh, I looked at him quick. I'm like, because you sent him over to me, and I was like, oh, bro, those are some good – that's a good buck. You're like, yo, that's two bucks. I'm like, two bucks? Come on, <laughs> tagged out already? Come on, we ain't even yeah, gotten no. – what have we put – between the two of us, less than six sits? Like, that's good, man. The kid's yeah, good. absolutely. Yeah, so congratulations, awesome. Mason. Keep keep putting the hammer down. And then uh, Brad Jarvis, uh, I think he's trying to take credit because I think he dropped some pins for, for his buddy Sean and his brother Ryan and their dad. Uh, his dad guided. They shot like a sixty-one inch Vermont moose. Giant, giant. That's no midget. That's no midget. That's no midget <laughs> moose. But um, so, Brad, good job with you know putting in the work and and sharing those pins. Nothing wrong That's with that, dude. Nothing wrong with that. Somebody. Sometimes you need a good guide. You need a good guide, guys. Don't forget to get on over the Facebook page. Share what's going on. In your world, so we can then shout it out on the Killer's Corner, so everyone can hear of your success. Uh, make sure to hit the uh, the friendship button there, or like that page. Get on over the YouTube. We're about to drop um, actually a new video here on Friday. Uh, lose one of lose late season muzzleloader muzzleloader bucks. I was about to drop there. Got some how-to videos, so make sure to hit the like and subscribe button over there on YouTube. Make sure whatever platform you do listen to the podcast, make sure to give us a five-star review. Or, I mean, if you want to give us a one-star review, that's fine. Just make sure that you write it up as uh, why you gave us a one-star review. But we appreciate you guys, everything that you do do for us. And the other people that we do appreciate are our sponsors. Uh, we are title sponsored by Huntworth, HuntworthGear.com. If you guys haven't checked them out, make sure that you're checking them out. Steve, what are you wearing f- this time of year? Now it's starting to crack Let down and be colder. Down. What's that? Oh, 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 you mean hunting. Oh. Um, oh, what did shit. you say? Good question. My da Oh. Yeah, Anyways, that's for another podcast. Have you broken into the Elkin yet? Are you still... And the Durham, no. So Shelton, um, Durham pants, Shelton hoodie, a hundred percent. Um, some of those like you know a little bit, ch- some kind of base layer. You know what I mean? We've Not had that always, forty like, degree. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I'll throw like usually it's like a base layer mm-hmm. with the Shelton hoodie and the Durham pants, and then I think it's called the Torrington. It's just yep. a uninsulated full zip kind of yep. like lightweight jacket. Oh what yeah, I do is yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. What I do is I just put that in my backpack in case like 
you know, six o'clock, it's, mm -hmm. you know, the sun starts to set. If, it, if I get like a little chilly, I'll just take that out and throw it on over the mm -hmm. Shelton hoodie. Sometimes I throw it on, sometimes I don't. But like when I do my system, like when I check the weather for the hunt, I always try to wear as little as possible, right? So like I have options to, you know, go to right. the next weight up, but I always flirt with that line where like I'm wearing the bare minimum weight. Right. And then I'll just take one extra layer just in case. So that's what I've been doing. Sometimes I bust it out. Sometimes I don't. But Well, what Steve is actually talking about when he talks about his system, if you guys head on over to HuntWorthGear.com, they actually have a system builder right. on the website now, which is a new thing that they're doing, and it's a really cool thing. And you can – they break it down in, you know, early season elk, early season deer, so on and so forth, all the way down to late season, you know, like coyote hunting. And they break it down all the way into all of your stuff. So that's what Steve's talking about in your system. And they lay out the system and what you actually need um, right there on the website. So make sure to get on over huntworthgear.com. One, one of my favorite things to do is, like, it's a little early for this, but, like, as it starts getting chillier out, like, not quite heat boost weather yet, but, mm -hmm. like, just before. So I'll, I'll wear the, that, like, that Elkins layer. But it's you know it might be a little windy might be a little colder so like i said i'm flirting with that line where like maybe i could wear a heat boost but i probably don't have to i'll i'll keep the heat boost vest in my backpack yeah just in case the wind picks up and nobody I likes being hit heat boosted bro yeah but it, i always keep that vest in my in my backpack that time of year because if i do catch a little chill especially like an all-day sit man like sometimes like it just gets you right mm -hmm. so i can always just Pull that vest out of the backpack, throw it on. Because the blood hasn't yeah. been moving and you're just sitting Warm there and you right get kind of cold. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is you over you overdo your system and then you get heat boosted. And if you're heat boosted, yeah. you know it's a problem. But Don't wear the heat boost on the way in. No, do not Ever. walk in heat boost, dude. Not good. Uh, so, guys, make sure to go check those guys out. Hunt, huntworthgear.com. Also, Latitude Outdoors, latitudeoutdoors.com. Things are getting back into stock. Make sure to use the promo code OUTDOORDRIVE to save yourself some on that one. Uh, also, there is um, Rope Upgrade. Uh, is the other promo code you can use when you're upgrading your 10 millimeter ropes or eight millimeter ropes if you're going to upgrade them for the season safety is I think it's only good for the tens for some reason is it oh okay I think Sorry. so what when's that is, is that still going hey, on yeah still going on yeah okay. we didn't get the turn off on that one so that one's still going so make sure to guys use that one that promo code on that one and you can use the outdoor drive and you can combine them together uh so Make sure to use those. It just won't take it off of the ropes. It'll just you the promo code for the ropes is the ropes. Um and you save a little bit more using the rope upgrade promo code. Also Norrister Game Calls, NorristerGameCalls.com. Make sure to get on there. Still a couple of grunt tubes. I'm surprised they're not sold out. I'm bl mind blown that they are not sold out, but it's getting that time. You know, the pre rut, you know, is, is in, in, in terms here. They're they're hitting the scrape, so you're gonna need your grunt tube soon. No, it's just messing around. Did you see someone posted a video the other day on C T hunting of a buck mountain a doe? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, cool. I mean, still you're 
you know, your communication ruts, I mean, grunts and stuff like that. Like, it's not a bad idea to have that stuff in your bag already. Like, using calls and, you know, that's how, you know, deer communicate with one another. So, like, having that, it's always sometimes that saving grace when you're, like, in the stand and that deer is at 55 yards and you just, you know, grunt at him a little bit. He might come in. He might not. Who knows? He might just stay on its own way. You could, right now is a great time to fawn bleat. You know, like just extra noises in the woods like you mm. know a doe could come running in i've had that happen a couple of times not knowing what i'm doing um messing around but it always works uh last but not least is bowhunters united bowhuntersunited.com guys is a 100 free at this point um there is no paid subscription uh get on over to bowhuntersunited.com sign up for free and uh they are the advocates for you guys as bowhunters so don't miss out on that make sure you guys get on over there uh, sign up there and as always make sure to check us out on all platforms whether it's instagram facebook youtube uh and make sure to give a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast it means a lot to us and it gets the word out there so well dude what do you think should we break it out over to the buck brothers mr jordan from the buckeye brothers guys we're back on the phone with jordan from buckeye brothers outdoors what's going on man how we doing good how are you surviving yeah <laughs> another day in paradise right yep getting closer and closer to deer season for you man is it 14 hours i think is that all that no. it is actually, actually no midnight midnight's the opening day so but i mean you can't shoot anything till 7 30 right now but yeah we're almost there that's awesome, man. Why don't we turn the key, man? Let's get this thing underway. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do. Um, I'm Jordan from Buckeye Brothers Outdoors. I started this with my three brothers, and we've kind of grown out into a couple buddies and another family member added to us. I love the outdoors. been doing it since I could walk. It's just time to do something else with it, have some fun with it. That's awesome. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what Buckeye Brothers is? And kind of like what you guys got going on in the future of it. Um, we are it's four brothers. Started out just spreading the love of the outdoors, trying to show people how we do things the best way we can. Educate, learn along the way. Um, spread the word of God, be Bible-believing Christians that we are. Just push forward and try to get other people interested in the outdoors. Show them, hey, that there's more to it than just killing an animal and that that's pretty much it i mean you're setting up stands you're it's a time-consuming process and we just want people to know every bit of it that's cool man and and i think one of the coolest parts about it is that you guys are brothers you know like it's we have like one of the things that we have going on is that we have a big group of guys that are friends but like you can argue with them, but they cannot talk to you ever again. But your brothers can't do that. Like that's yeah. not an option, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna see you Sunday at, at lunch. Like, good luck hiding from me. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get this yeah, under that, control. Kinda, and like, we, there's another brother that nobody ever sees, and and he's he's still doing it, but he just he stays off the camera. And everybody sees him, you'll know who, who we're talking about. He's the he's the biggin. 
and he just he is the character i'm surprised he is not more in the, the videos and it, it's coming he, he's he's gonna be around he wants to be more part and in, in involved with it or he he does but he's he's a little different than the rest oh <laughs> oh yeah he's he's something is he? He's, he's got his he's he's probably going to be home in about twenty minutes coming up to the driveway because we all me and him live on the same piece of land and he'll be up there playing his video games till one two o'clock in the morning and good luck getting him out of bed in the morning to go hunt but he'll be there in the evening he's <laughs> he, he's something and, and he's he's six two and pushing six three two hundred thirty pounds he, he's a lot bigger than the rest of us so we just don't talk to him about it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with being that big? No. <laughs> uh, that big one has four boys in the same house, he, and he's the middle one of the middle children. So it's uh it's a little harder trying to beat him off the food pile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so what what made you guys want to do something like this and and kind of and and work together at that? Honestly, so Brad actually posted a reel. And it was just a pan of a, one of the cornfields in PA, and it hit like thirteen thousand views. And it, we all were sitting there talking about after. I think we watched a football game. I, I think it was Pittsburgh Cleveland. And he turned around and said, "Why don't we pursue this and, and just try to grow it, make a business out of it, make a channel, and just start making content and see what we can do with it?" And it, it, it just took off from there. Like, I mean, that that video is it's still growing views every day, and there's it, nothing. Especially, it's just a pan around of just God's green earth, and it, it was just a good shot. And I'm like, you know what? I think we can do it. And watching THP and everybody else kind of makes you like, all right, this looks fun. Let's go, let's go after it a little harder than we've ever done before. And you know, you just learn things from everybody, like talking to you guys, and oh, the, the list goes on. There's probably 150 people in that inbox that have taught us something in the past two years mm-hmm. that we we didn't know to try that. And the same thing with us. Like we're giving them tips too. It's like just growing it and seeing how far we can take it. Like you don't know unless you try. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's and I think that that's the best part about it. Like if you don't look at it as a business aspect and you just do it for just having fun and enjoying it, the people that you meet along the way make it worth it. Like we right. we say it all the time. If nobody, if everyone just stopped listening to the podcast and don't even you know, watch our YouTube, we're still going to do the same thing. We're still right. going to put it out there. It doesn't matter. It's something we do all the time and we enjoy it. So, like, who cares, you know? So, right. might as well have fun with it and and meet new people, you know? Go to different deer camps and, you know, like, we met you guys up in, you know, at, at Huntstock. And it's right. just ten, cool. Ten and a half hour drive and you're meeting people. It's like, check this out. Like, I bought a knife from the guy next to us and that's what Brad used to gut his deer in, in the video. And it's like, this is nuts. <laughs> It keeps it. It keeps it fun. It keeps it real, man. That's that's what it's all about, you know. And you're bringing, I guess that's some of the positives to the internet. You know, there's a lot of negatives yeah. to it, but I think one of the positives are the great people that you get to meet along the way. Right, and like, like with the business side of it, I mean, it, it's a growing pain with with getting all the stuff loaded because everybody shoots something different. Like you've got the guys who shoot bear, you've got the guys who shoot PSE. We all shoot Matthews. But I don't sell Matthews, but I like I had a I sold three bows last month to guys in California. Their first time ever buying a bow. And they're like, Well, what arrows should I use? What broadhead should I use? How how should I hunt this? 
and they're like sending me pictures of where they're hunting in the maps on onyx and i'm like man here's where i would go and it's just like okay i'm gonna try it and i'm just like i if we didn't have that platform on top of everything else those guys would have never known that mm-hmm. it, i mean it was just cool like you don't you don't think you're ever going to reach that far and then you've got guys from sacramento <laughs> talking to you about hunting and buying stuff off your website it's crazy so so what do you mean like like you guys sell bows and stuff like on your web like explain that yeah if, if, if you get on buckeye brothers outdoors there's actually it's bear archery trophy ridge sick broadheads our own broadheads that we've been working on um stealth cam it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm loading probably 100 parts a week and on top of it we're selling like truck accessories jeep accessories like it, it's my goal with it with with garrett is one stop shop for everything outdoors like if, if you're sitting at home going man i, I, I kind of want a toolbox for the back of my truck you can get on there and buy it and while you're there you can buy a set of broadheads like you don't have anywhere like that right now and i, I was talking to brad i'm like man this ain't a bad idea like, I mean, where are you going to go to do that? Right. And like, it's, it's a process. I mean, but the internet's a lot of help now. It's not like 20 years ago when you're trying to build a business from scratch and it's, it, it's a lot easier now, but, and like, I'm working with PSE right now, trying to get them loaded. Um, Hoyt, uh, my issue at Hoyt is I have a dealer 10 miles from the house, so they won't let me do it, but it's, it's a lot. A lot of stuff, but I'm trying to appeal to everybody that way. If somebody needs something, I can help everybody. Mm -hmm. That's there's nothing wrong with that. That's pretty cool. I didn't even realize that you guys actually did something like like that. I thought it was all video aspect. You know that that's what I said. Brad kind of puts me on behind the scenes, but that's because that's my thing is Mm -hmm. the business side of it. And I'm trying to teach him as I go. So if he does want to talk about it, he he knows. Right. But it's, it's I'm trying to keep them separate. Like if you get on our, our page, you know there's not a lot of ads, right? Because I'm I'm not quite ready to do that yet because I kind of like the content we have on there, and it's it's figuring out how we're going to advertise that stuff too, along with keeping those separate. So it may be a separate page down the road. We'll see. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's so cool though. I and and you guys just like you you sell them directly from you, or like is it like a is it like a middleman type thing? Um, the, the Jeep and truck stuff on the middleman, but the bow stuff, everything comes here. Mm-hmm. Like right now it's coming to my house cause we don't have a shop done yet. So I come here, I inspect everything. I pull it out of the box. I check everything. I make sure nothing's missing. I check the string, make, just make sure every nothing's messed up. And then I repack it and ship it back out. It's the broadheads that, that are actually ours and not like sick broadheads. Garrett hand sharpened every single one of those. They 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 were casted. I think it was in PA. This is where they had them casted. And they shipped mm-hmm. them all. It was just a, a blank casting, and we had to sit here and file them down, make sure the grains were right. So it was a lot of work, but th- they work very nice. So so what entailed for you to make your own broadheads? Like like tell tell us a little bit about these things and and what they are and what makes them different from everybody else and and what even made you want to do this. Well, I always shop muzzies. I mean, I I just I like the, the fix the fixed muzzies, but I, my problem was that they were breaking. I was losing blades, so then I went to fixed blades, and I'm like, these things are so stinking expensive. Like you can't get a good set of fixed blades for under thirty bucks. 
So I asked them, and I'm like, hey, can you guys, here's the, the general design of it. Just a basic inch and eighth cut, three blade, solid broadhead. I'm like, can you cast these out for me? They're like, yeah, we can cast them. And I, I don't know if they make them for somebody else, but it looks, I mean, everybody's cast broadheads look the same. But it's just a three blade, fixed, fixed solid blade. And I'm like, I want something that's, if I make a bad shot in the shoulder, that it's going to go through the bone. I don't want to have to worry about it breaking off. Or Like I shot a doe last year with a Rage. And she just wiggled the arrow out of her shoulder and walked off like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. My my cousin shoulder punched his buck, went through both lungs because he was able to punch through the bone and the arrow stuck in the ground behind him with the fix. And he picked it up, shook the dirt off of it, and it's ready to go again. It's it's nuts. Like we actually have a test video of him where I think it was a piece of, piece of 10-gauge steel we shot with it. And all it did was just mush the tip a little bit. And it's just, I, I want something before. Like they're, they're 19 bucks for a pack of three. Like, I just, I'm going to make it affordable. Right. Like, I understand people got to make their money, but at the end of the day, there's other people out there trying to hunt that want that same kind of broadhead with that kind of quality, but they don't want to pay 80 bucks for it. And I get it 100%. I'm that guy. If I can get a nice broadhead for 19 bucks, I'm, I'm going to do it. Right. And they, they all fly real true after tuning and stuff. They're all pretty close with them being casted and everything. The ones that are, are, are packed and done, yes. I, there's a couple I had to throw out. Like mm-hmm. I, I think we got 500 in, and I think it was like 50 were bad. Yep. But the, we weigh all before they ship, they get weighed so they're all the same grain. That way we know we don't have any issues because broadheads are fickle. If they're not matched in all three, you're going to have some issues. Right. Well, that's good. That's a cool little broad. What do you? What's the name of that broadhead? We're calling that one the G baby. The G baby. Where did that come from? <laughs> Garrett. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just gonna call it and make it fun. The other one I'm working on is called the Big Chuck because that's the, uh, the bigger brother. His name's Chuck. <laughs> so that one, um, it's not a, a solid cast broadhead. It's mm-hmm. got a like a razor blade on each side with a bleeder. So then, what's your, what's the name for your broadhead, Jordan? I don't have one yet. No. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna let that one be. <laughs> they they can name the Fletchings or something after me. We'll yeah. go with that. We'll figure it out. <laughs> That's awesome. I I figured it had to go there. Speaking of Garrett, man, I why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with him? Because I think it's just kind of special, and it, you know, it's it's. I mean, I think it needs to be talked it's, about, bro. Yeah, it's just it, it, my my thing is the, the first and foremost let everybody know. If you feel funny, don't hide it. Go go to the doctor. Tell them, hey, this is what's going on. Get checked. Because it don't matter how old you are. Something something can come out of nowhere. I had issues a few years ago. Went and had some some tumors removed. And the same thing as Garrett. But mine, mine weren't cancer. And his turned out being cancer. And it, he thought it was just a normal, maybe I ate something. It mess, it's messing with me. And then the local hospital didn't thoroughly check him out send him home and then two days later he's in another er being told he's got stage three colon cancer like it's it's a lot and he's 23 years old i mean it kind of wrecked his world because this is what he lives for is this time of year and now he's sitting there watching everybody else do it on top of battling cancer and a rupture which caused an infection which he's fighting still the kid's been through a lot and they put him in an induced coma, right? Um, it's the next thing down from an induced coma. We thought that's what they were gonna do, but they didn't have to. 
So it was like severe sedation to where he had no idea what happened. When he went to sleep, he thought he was only getting the cancer removed and woke up and they took all but six or seven centimeters of his colon. Wow. So he, he went to bed thinking, okay, I'm only going to have an inch move removed and they took almost all of it. So that's wild. It, it, and he to say he's a little grumpy right now is an understatement. Like I, I get it, and, and we all tried to be there for him. And I mean, he's the baby. He everybody loves him. Like it's it's not like he's a pain in the butt. I mean, he's the nicest kid you ever meet. Doesn't do anything bad. The rest of us have, have had our bad spells. He never did that. And it's just kind of looking like, why why that kid? Like it don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's also seeing growth in our family that he has no idea happened while he was asleep. Mm-hmm. Like there are family members that came back around that haven't checked on people or talked to people there. There's something like that really brings you together. And we're already a tight family. And when the one that is literally friends with everybody is the one that's sick, it kind of takes the glue and hardens it real quick. Yeah. Well, so he's he's better now, and he's he's coming home soon, or he should be home next week. Um, they're trying; he's still fighting a fever, and he has to be able to walk on his own right now. I mean, he's gonna have to use a walker for a little while, mm-hmm. but once he gets the fever down, they they said he he can go home. So they're shooting for the end of next week, and then he's still got to do his physical therapy, and then in a month he's got to do six months of chemo. Wow. To make sure that it's all gone and nothing nothing comes back. Poor kid, man. 23 years old going through that. And you you were saying that it kind of transpired from like right around actually when we got when we met you guys up in Huntsville. Well, so colon, from what the doctors have explained, colon cancer takes years to develop. So he's had it for a while. Okay. But it doesn't show signs until it's what's the word I'm looking for? At, at its high, at its towards its end of its growth. Okay, that's when you start. That's the problem with colon cancer is it comes out of nowhere, and his just happened to be at the top of his colon, which was causing the the pains. Like all my stuff was in the lower, mm-hmm. so it, it was easily removed. Like they're like, okay, it wouldn't have been that big a deal. I just, I'm weird. I I, I pay attention to my body, all the, the cramps, the, the the way I feel. And I, my wife noticed. She goes, dude, you've lost like thirty pounds. And I went in thinking I had it and ended up not having it. And then I looked at Garrett and I'm like, you know what? If I'd have went back a year and paid attention more to his signs, I probably could have caught it and told him, hey, you need to go get checked. Right. Because it issue started a year ago, mm-hmm. but it was it, it was just a simple, okay, I just need to take this this drink and I'll be fine. Or I need to eat more fiber and I'll be fine. Right. And it worked. So he we just chalked it up to he had a fiber issue. And then... It was about when we went to Massachusetts. He said he was having some, some stomach pains. And he came back, and he was fine for a week, and then it just snowballed. To where he was laying on the couch just, just crying in pain, and then my mom finally, she came back from, they we have a house in North Carolina, a family house, and my mom and dad went down there and came back, and like, dude, you're going, like, now. And the doctors, the white blood cell count was high, which is a, kind of a giveaway to be checking something, and they just they didn't check it at the first hospital. Wow. Yeah, so that hospital is kind of known for that, which which sucks mm-hmm. because the hospital shouldn't be known for stuff like that, but they are. And that's why my mom, the next day, took him 
to the one a little further north, and they, they figured it out within a day or two. Jeez. Well, at least they figured it out, man. It could have been worse. It could have been, you know what I'm yeah. saying? They got on top of it. Things are good. He's looking good, potentially coming home next week, and then hopefully back in the deer woods before you know it. Oh, he's already trying to figure out how to get in there now with my yeah. dad. He, I ordered him a tripod, and when the tripod gets here, he's got somebody ordered him a high hunting chair to sit in, so he has a big chair to sit up in. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> he's going to shoot but, the biggest deer of his life. You're oh, going to yeah. have to gut it, drag it. That's the way it goes, there. right? Yeah, his camera over there just had a, a slob walking in front of him. I'm like, no, this ain't happening right now. <laughs> like, he's sitting he's in a hospital sending pictures to brad and i'm texting him I'm like dude you realize i hunt the same spot as you and you're sending these to the guy who's not hunting and he goes what do you think i'm doing that for <laughs> so that and i'm like all right you're, you're making sense now yeah so that yeah he he don't want you going in on his spot no no he, he's like stay out of my tree stands stay away from my water hole leave it alone but that's not gonna happen right i mean it's not like he can chase you around no <laughs> Yeah, right, right. I can actually beat him up now. He, he might lose. Yeah. Do you... uh, he's got – we're going to do a uh, a colon cancer bow and arrow raffle. I'm going to try to get that ready to go next month for him. He's got his GoFundMe in our in – our, It's uh, the link's in our bio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Adam from Adam's Precision Archery – or uh, Dustin from Adam's Precision Archery. He just did a raffle two weeks ago. And he, they came up with a thousand bucks in about forty five minutes for him. Wow. It was wild. Yeah, the, the, this this community's been awesome to him. And the amount of people checking in on him and following just to make sure he's okay, yeah. it's just it's pretty cool to watch it. Yeah, that's what it's about, it, man. I mean, it's... it makes him feel better too. Like when he sees that, he's like, "Man, people actually care." It's like, "Yeah, dude, like you're you're in it now. Like <laughs> you're you're involved, dude." Well, we're, you know, in the community itself, I mean, it I, that's what it's for. I mean, like, they, we're all like-minded people that are in this for the right reasons. I mean, like, you know, whatever we can do to help one another and be part of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just the name of the game. I mean, spread the word. We use our, you know, the avenues that we can to, to get that stuff out there, you know, like on the podcast. You know, like, that. that's what it's for, man, is to help one another and nobody needs to struggle. I mean, we're in this game together and we're all like-minded people, you know, like you would think, you know, going back on what we were talking about before, like, like if we were to have deer camp together, you would think that we were all, we were all brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a normal thing, you know? And, and it's every, it's cool to see that guys are reaching out and helping you out, man, because that's, that's what he needs to get back on his feet and go kill big bucks. I mean, it's just the way it goes. Yeah, he he's on a roll too. He's uh the one property he hunts, it, it's a hike to get back to work and into anything. So he, he ain't touching that one this year. But I told him I was like, look at it this way. That 140 inch eight point you had, give him till next year. That 160 inch ten point you had in there, watch it next year because nobody hunts it but him. Mm-hmm. Like the, the it's it's his boss from work. It's their family and they love him like one of their kids. So they're like, yep, you can hunt it, but nobody else. I'm like, that's nice. That's awesome. Like, adopt, adopt the rest of us. We'd like to be a part of this. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, I mean, they're, they're pretty cool, though. Like, he's His work's got stuff up for him. Um, the entire town where we grew up in Lisbon, they've stepped up to the plate. Like, they had a bucket going around for him at the football game last Friday. And one of the nurses 
from the hospital was at the game because her son went to the opposing school and was like, you ain't going to believe this, but this is the kid on our floor. And then the nurse came in and told him, hey, they're talking about you at a football game. And it's like, that that's just the reach he has. And he doesn't realize it, but his, his kindness has went a long way. So he, he's he got a good support system behind him. He, he, he'll be back on his feet and rolling and making fun of everybody before he knows it. Good things happen to good people, man. That's the way it goes. Yep. And it, it's coming around to him. He doesn't see it yet, but once he gets through the, the dark side of this, he'll, he'll, he'll see it. Yeah. Well, he's been pushing you to get back in the deer stand, though. Yeah, I, I texted him. I was like, man, I was like, I don't know. What do you think? He goes, if you're not there, I, I'm going to be mad at you. Like, dude, it's, it's 830 every morning. You, you've had that deer in there. He goes, if I could get in that stand, I'd be in there pushing you out of my way to get in there. And it's it's the same side. Like, me and my dad have hunted that spot since I was six. And we know they're there. It's just we we never knew how to get on them. And I just, I, me and him were literally sitting there. I was like, dude, I think I'm going to put a camera up here. I'm like, we've never had one up here. I think it's worth a shot. And then the first time we checked cameras, he goes, I hate you. This spot, like, how, how did we not know this? You know, it is, is there's there's an opening, and then there's a wood line, then there's, like, blackberry bush, or you know, what are they, raspberry, black, blackberry bush. Just thick. Like, you can't see through it. So I put my camera just on the other side of blackberries, which we've never done. And sure enough, there's four or five bucks every night, every morning, just cruising. Not a single doe right there, just all buck. And I'm like, okay, I figured you out now. Because my other camera's about 30 yards further down the hill in the opening, and it's all doe. So what are they, coming in and out of a food source, or what are they What are they, they doing? The does are using a completely separate field than the bucks right now, which I find odd. Because I've never noticed that with them, but it could be because I wasn't looking up there. So... Where I've always hunted is it's just it's just doe heaven. Like I could sit there opening day and, and whack two doe like it's nothing, but I only see the little bucks. Now I put that camera up thirty yards north, and, and so there's a bean field to the west. There's a strip of woods, then there's another bean field to the north, at, on the other side of the woods. Mm-hmm. The bucks are staying closer to the wood line in the north field, and the does are in the west field. I just never thought to look. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me this whole time. And it is like scrape after scrape after scrape, buck track everywhere. I'm like, okay, we've just obviously not known how to hunt this side and mess something up here. But they're just staying in the beans. I mean, they're not even like being sneaky about it. It's, it's crazy. But nobody hunted that high up, so they've never had pressure. Is it because that bean field is like protected or not seen or like what it is not be- seen? So that that field. You have to go behind the farmer's house and walk a good 250, 300 yards just to see the field. And the only way to get to it is a small tractor path that the tractor goes down to plant the beans. You you can't get a truck in there. You can't get a side-by-side because of the ruts. Like You're you're just not getting in there. Hmm. Now, the neighbor's property is only hunted by one guy, and it's like a 200-acre farm. So there's nothing touching them deer in that backside until gun season when they come in and they do their drives but those bucks will be gone by then they there's a campfire council which is like girl scouts boy scouts Mm -hmm. on the other side of the property so we've noticed towards november into the opening day of shotgun they disappear into that campfire council because you can't hunt it ah so you can literally drive past that 
second day of gun season and count the bucks in the field at the campfire. Because they know they're protected. So we know where they go. Yeah, we know where they go, but we didn't know where they were early season. And then this year we've kind of, kind of. I've got a, I counted, twelve points on him, and he's got some palmation on the left side. He's got kickers like he's a wild looking deer, but it's my cheap stealth cam up in that corner, and I can't get an HD photo of him to see how big he actually is. But he's just goofy, and if he if he decides to mess around tomorrow, I may have to. I'll light him up a good one. Is that the, is that the one that you're going into? Is you're going in after that he, deer? Him and I have a real tall eight point. I'm after. Like that tall eight, I, I I'm a sucker for weird looking deer. So he, but I, I've also messed up and passed on the bigger ones, waiting on another bigger one. And I don't, I've learned don't do that. If you if you have a shooter in front of you, just take the shot. Because <laughs> the odds, <laughs> I, it's been bad. I, I last last year I did it because I knew there was a big eight in there. I missed him twice in, in gun season. I went back out. I'm like, I'm, that's it. I'm only shooting him. I'm only after him. I didn't see him the rest of the year. Garrett did the same thing. He hunted that same buck all year long, and then finally he goes, whatever. I'm shooting another one, and he shot that one at that other property. So he's like, just if you get a good one, just shoot it. Don't be don't be stubborn because you never know where they're going to go out there. Mm-hmm. Are your beans still green? Or are they starting to turn yet? Oh, they are brown, brown. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's not a green bean in that field. That's what I assume for the time of the year. But the way you were talking, I was wondering if they were still green for some reason. No, it was weird. Like, they were green. So I checked four weeks ago, right before Garrett got sick. Me and him were out there, and they were green. And I don't know what happened in the last four weeks, but they turned brown fast. They turn quick, yeah. But that's good. that If those bucks are still in there and the beans are already brown, that's good. Because my biggest fear would be the beans turn and then you, you lose them. You don't know where they're going after that. If they're still there and the beans are still brown, then. Well, an, another thing that's nice is the acorns are dropping hard. Right. So the, the amount of acorns in there, it is just nasty. And they're, they're just pinging all day long. It, so you can, you can rake up a five gallon bucket in about five minutes of acorns right now. Is that now when it, when that happens, so early season, a lot of the times in the green beans, see, we don't have a lot of beans here, right? So, so this is, I mean, obviously, you drove up here. You know what we got. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things here, like, we don't have beans. So, like, majority of those deer, they're in the beans when they're green, and then they leave when it's brown and then return back late winter? Like, how does this work with the beans? Like, where? how does it, it that become depends. a food source? Like, like, if you go to – okay, it, 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 this could be a pressure thing. So, if you go to the bean fields by the road, they're not in them like they are when it's green. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's they know when it changes that it's okay. It's time to hide, mm-hmm. or I mean, it very well could be. But they, I I got them in the beans all year round. Really? Like I don't I don't know if they're munching on on, on what's left of them or what. But I know it doesn't make the farmer too happy because he's got to go in a moment and they're half eaten by the deer, so he gets a little because they're constantly on out. them, right? Yeah, yeah, and he can't keep them out. Like he's tried. Oh, he had a little electric fences around it just to keep them out and they still got in it i'm like dude you you just gotta shoot them no. like <laughs> you're dealing with rats at that point yeah I mean, like then we had, what's weird this year is but there's usually a single black bear that shows up about this time i haven't seen him hmm. and last year he was looking a little, little larger and in charge so i don't know if he just disappeared somewhere and he's not walking as far or what but he would kind of keep the deer in check on the one side 
which was odd to me because black bears usually don't do that. But they, when he would show up, we wouldn't see deer for a good week. And they they eat the beans too, the black bears. Yep, they'll go go and eat the beans too. Do you see a lot of them down there? It's it's few and far between. I mean, we know they're here because you get them on camera, right? But actually seeing one in daylight is rare. Are are you allowed to hunt them? Nah, no. Pennsylvania is. Pennsylvania is. Um, they're actually working over from PA and okay. down from Michigan. So if you okay. go Western Ohio, they're getting them from Michigan now. Hmm. And like the Southern part of Ohio is starting to get elk back in it. I'm hoping in my lifetime to be able to put my name in an elk lottery for Ohio, but not that lucky. I don't think we got Kentucky right there. We'll just venture on down. MPA is a hard draw for elk. I've heard it's hard. Yeah, you still put in for it. I mean, it's a three three dollar draw. Right, it doesn't hurt nothing. I and they have the Brad's biggest. Got, I can't remember where he's got. I think he's put in a draw the past couple of years. He's trying, but we've got family in Washington State, and they're like, "You can come out here and hunt them there in my yard every night." I'm like, oh, "Stop it!" But my luck got there. They're all gone. But they uh, yeah, she, they sent pictures. They had that bull elk in there, and then the cows just running around the yard. But out there, if you say, oh, I hunt whitetail, they laugh at you. Like, okay, why why are you wasting your time with that small animal? Which is crazy because, like, us, you know, East Coast or Middle Eastern, like you, like, going out there, like, I would go to Montana, Wyoming. Like, I want to go shoot big whitetails out there. I mean, like, 150s is like, they they don't even care about them. Right. They don't care. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're like, well, I got I got a two hundred inch eating in my backyard every day. I'm like, stop it! There you go. And yeah. then they send you pictures, and it's there. Yeah, and they're then they want to shoot mule deer, and I'm like, I have no interest in shooting a mule deer. I want to shoot the big, you know, the big whitetails yeah. and the coolies, man. Like, I that's what I want to do when I, if I was ever to go out west. I mean, uh, my my goal is get out west and do one of them stock hunts. Like that that's mine and Garrett's thing. Like, and Brad's awkwardly good at it. Mm-hmm. Because he just gets lucky. Like that kid, he, he was, was it six years ago? He's walking out of public. Now, when I say public, I mean, this is the type of public where you walk five feet, you're running into another guy. And he's on his way out, just trotting up the horse trail. And this buck stands up 20 yards, looks at him. And he, he draws back and shoots him right there. I'm like, how do you get that lucky, dude? And he goes, well, I don't know. He's just standing there. And he's like, hey, dumb enough to stand there some more. He goes, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot this guy. I'm like, I walk around that public place for 10 days, and I see a squirrel. And this kid just walking up a horse path, and there's a, a nice eight-point standard looking at him. He's lucky. That, well, the squirrels out there, they're like the size of elephants. Yeah, they're they're ginormous. And we're not allowed to shoot them where we hunt either, so it gets, they get even bigger. He likes to watch them. What? So, yep, the farmer will go out, he'll sit in the woods, read a book, and watch the squirrels. And they are the size of raccoons. It is just mad. They're, they're huge. But he'll shoot the raccoons, if that makes any sense. Tell the farmer you saw the squirrels eating his beans. He'll like <laughs> Maybe. He'll be like, oh, yeah, right, with him, he'll probably like, oh, it's fine. They're okay. It's just the deer are my problem. See, the uh, oh, see, that's the place to be, dude. For the squirrel competition, that's where you want to be. We So we do. Oh, yeah. We do a squirrel competition on our Facebook page, and it's uh, we do most squirrels and biggest squirrel from tip to tail. 
and we have yeah. a red we actually have a red fox category and then we have a gray fox ca- i mean a gray uh squirrel category dude that would be you <laughs> oh yeah i mean heck you can go downtown and shoot some big ones off the power lines where we live it's it, they're just everywhere the t- 10 pound uh red fox oh. squirrels dude they're giant yeah, yeah, yeah. Them city tree rats are massive around here. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's crazy. So, what do you guys got for goals for this this uh, upcoming season? What are you guys you guys thinking you're going to get into, so on and so forth? Um, my goal is to buck out in PA, West Virginia, and Ohio. Garrett's right now is just getting into woods. Right, Brad, he's PA in Ohio. He they he didn't think about it when he was with our cousin. Two weeks ago when they shot that one buck, there was two shooters that came in. What state were they in? PA. Oh, okay. So if you go back and watch that deer, that deer's belly swaying as he walks. That's how mm-hmm. fat he was. He was every bit of 230. And we're, where he shot it, so we, we parked in an HOA. Walked through the backyard, got put on somebody's ring camera that was hanging in their, their backyard. And I'm looking at it, and like me and my cousin, we're laughing. Like, we've never done that. We've never hunted that close to a house, that that close to a city. And I'm looking at him, and he goes, this is weird, dude. I ain't going to see nothing. I'm sitting there. I had, I got a doe on, on film at 20 yards. I had a, a pygmy deer behind me that I was trying to get on camera, but she moved too quick. I've never seen something so small in my life. I don't know if it was just lost its spots or what. And then I... I'm hearing snorting and crashing up above me, and it's them guys shooting a buck 100 yards from a house housing development. Just the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. But you couldn't drag it out the HOA because good luck getting permission to go back in there that way. So we had to drag it probably six, 700 yards up down into a valley, up the side of a hill, up into the other side of the property just to get it out. And it was like my cousin the whole time, he goes, I should have shot the smaller buck. Should have had a game cart. Learning learning some lessons here. You need a well, jet no, sled. That was, that was what oh, 2B in Pennsylvania. So zone 2B. Good. Did you guys scout it or like what 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 drew you to that to hunt that spot behind that HOA? Brad and Garrett have actually been scouting that one for a while. Cause it butts up we, we there's a vegetable farm out there that the guy lets anybody and everybody hunt it. Like it is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Cause I, I went in there opening day of bow and two B and I literally walked past three doe on my way in. Couldn't get a shot at them. Tried to get my saddle up in a tree. Couldn't find a good tree. that didn't have poison. ivy, so got mad and just sat on the ground. I turned back and they're just popped. The, the, the weeds are probably five, six feet high in there. So these deer are literally just popping in and out. And I'm like, where are you guys coming from? So finally, I scurried up in one of the ladder stands somebody had there, and I'm just watching them. They look like a ant house. One of those ant farms, how they have the little lines in them. That's what they looked like from an aerial view down on this. But that's where Brad and Garrett went scouted, and they'd seen these bucks a couple times. And they had an idea where they were, but they couldn't pin them down. And they just went in, and literally, Brad went about 15 feet up, in his saddle, Matt went another five feet up, and they were in the same tree, just hoping that one came through. And they saw him at 75, and they're like, okay, can't shoot him that far. And then all of a sudden, they turned like he was reeling him in on a fish line, just beeline straight for that tree they were in. I think he shot it at six yards. Wow. 
but yeah, he did a little bit of scouting in there. I mean, he had an idea, but didn't have him pinned in where he knew exactly where they were coming from. Right. So do you guys, when I say, Oh, go ahead. That place is, there was 10 deer stands around where we were at. That's how heavily hunted this place is. Like it's nuts. And to have something that big and that old, just strolling through there was just, just the weirdest thing in the world. So it's, it's public that backs up to housing development. Um, might as well call it public. It's private, but the guy, if you stop there and say, Hey, can I hunt deer here? He's going to let you like, right. He so said all, there's probably 40 or 50 people that hunt it. So out of all that property, do you think, like, those bucks in particular, do you think they were there, they tend to hold tighter to all those houses um, for, like, a food source? Or do you think it's more of a to get away from the masses of people that hunt all that timber? It's, I think it's to get away from the masses. Because I, I, what a lot of these people are doing is they're hunting the vegetable wedge. Like, they're literally hunting over top of the cabbage. Mm-hmm. Which is fine because that's where all the does go. But if you go out there and you have a pair of binoculars and you look around about six forty-five right before dark, you don't see a buck in that field. You come back out one, two o'clock in the morning with a spotlight, which is legal in PA, you're gonna find a buck then. So what they're doing is they're boogieing on out of there good two, three hours before daylight and going that six, seven hundred yards back towards the HOA and they're bedding in literally right behind the houses. Right. Because, the, the, I mean, if you were to go 30 yards more towards, let's say Brad's looking towards the house, if he goes 30 yards to the left, you're not allowed to hunt that. That lady next door is like, nope, you're not hunting over here. So they're on their way to that spot, and they just caught him at the right time. Because wow. they were walking the path straight to that lady's land, and they, they, they didn't get there that day. Love it. And so the, I, the, the, the way they bet in by a house just blows my mind. Like I, I never would have thought to look behind it. Houses in a housing development that has woods buttoned up the back. It just doesn't, I don't know, around here in Ohio, you don't really think about it, but it's probably something to start looking at now. See, well, they don't feel a threat a lot of times coming from those houses. So they can, they can bet up with their back to the yard, you know, and they really only have to watch you know, the timber side, because very rarely is anybody coming from or bothering them coming from the houses. You see that a lot in the right. urban areas. Think, yeah. Who's the, who's the one guy that hunts urban a lot? What's his name? There's a couple of them. There's, you know, yeah. I mean, the seek one boys, they're urban guys. That's it, seek one. And then yep. you have, you know, some of the Atlanta, Georgia boys and some of those, I mean, there's a ton of guys that do it. Yeah. Who's that guy? I, down I have a buddy from Atlanta. Too. Yeah, my buddy in Atlanta, him and his boy, they they hunt a lot of the, the urban. And I'm, I'm, I asked him, I was like, well, how, what's it like? He goes, well, number one, the deer are kind of small where he's at. But he mm-hmm. said it, it depends. Like one day they're they're doing a care in the world, and the next day they're skittish. He's like, I I never know what I'm walking into. He goes, but they get closer to the house, and they just chill out. Mm. So it, it makes sense. They they feel safe there. Chev, who was it? Was it Weddish that said he changed his laundry detergent to match the ones that they were using at the house? <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you, that, that don't work. Because I screwed up and I put on some of the old degree. Because I, I, was, I was a little ripe. 
<laughs> and I went and I sat there and I have a dough at 20 yards blowing at me. I'm like, man, I could have swore that the smell of that laundry detergent and the fabric softener behind me would have masked my degree, but it didn't work. So, so here's the tip from Matt Weddish. You have to go ask the guy in the house what deodorant he uses. He's hey, used man, what, you put, what, what you putting in them armpits? He buddy? uses right guard. You were using degree, so that's why they <laughs> yeah. smell different. And it, what was wild is I'm sitting there and I'm hearing like sprinkler systems kick on. You're hearing kids getting on the bus. Mm-hmm. There was some lady talking in the backyard to the other neighbor while they're drinking their coffee. I mean, I can see them behind me. And I'm like, this is just wild to me. I'm used to the peace and quiet. Like, there ain't nobody around. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just hearing everyday talk. This And I got deer 10 feet from me. Like, I've never talked about this on a podcast, but I'm going to do it real quick. Just just to kind of, you know, kind of push this, this, this home is... So we do a ton of urban hunting here, right? So like everything we're suburbs, urban. Like I'm huge in, like, you know, when we turkey hunt, I'm calling them off old people's uh, bird feeders. I mean, we're up in there, man. Like that's that's how we hunt. That's life. You know what I'm saying? And so right. the first time I came to Ohio, and this is this will probably hit home. I come to Ohio, and I'm all, I'm getting all frustrated, man. I'm like, you know, I can't find deer, this, that, and the other thing. I'm trying, like, the whole Midwest thing, you know, ag, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're trying to, yeah. you know, French rows. I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, like, everything that you read. Talking to one of my buddies back home. He goes, Trev, calm down. He goes, just hunt like you know how to hunt. And I go, okay, no problem. That's what I did. And I hunted like I know how to hunt because there was high pressure in the public land. So, and a lot, of, as you know, in 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 Ohio, a lot of the public land, there's campgrounds all yep. in the public land. So I said, okay. So I started scouting around the campgrounds because now there's less pressure from hunters but more pressure from humans, right? And you start scouting around them campgrounds, and guess what? There's sign everywhere. The little yep. thick beddings around those things, they hold a ton of deer, and I didn't realize it. And then, so that's, you start to think in your mind, you're like, okay, they're safe there and they're safe back home. So they're not going to, they're going to do the same here. And I shot one of my biggest deer doing that. Like, and you've seen, dude, there was days, I mean, I sat one set there up against it. I could hear kids on the swings behind me. I could smell the fire from the campground. Guys are, you know, cooking some more. Kids are running around. They're playing, you know, you know, the sandbag game. You can hear all this stuff going on, dude. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to see a deer. Dude, I had nine deer from 120 mm-hmm. to 180 that I seen in one sit sitting that close to the campground. Like, nuts. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. It, it, it was, they, they go camping in October. And they read, it was, um, I think it was Western Reserve Campgrounds, which is like 45 minutes from the house. And he called me because you ain't going to believe this. I'm like, what? And he goes, the entrance of that campground is every bit of 180-inch deer. And he goes, Jordan, I have not seen one that big in years. And it's just standing. And he gets out of the truck, walks like 10 yards from it, takes a picture. He goes, if I had my bow, he'd be sleeping. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was wild. It's crazy because they yeah, just feel so comfortable. I'm, I'm, learning, I'm learning a lot of that this year. Because mm-hmm. I've the same piece of land since I was little. Like, I know like I, I could sneeze. And tell you where, uh, here, go over here to the left 50 yards, you're going to see 10 deer. Right. Like, it, it's just, it's wild. And, and I, I can tell you, hey, you can go pee over there, but don't go pee over here because 
they're gonna walk past that in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's wild. Like and my dad, like we've hunted there with my dad, a couple guys from the church. Like I, I'm standing there one year, and I'm, I'm the old man from the church. He pulls out this stick of trail baloney. He goes, "Here, have a bite." And I, I'm looking at him, and this looks a little suspect. Look old. He throws a piece in his mouth, starts throwing up, and as we're both throwing up ten-year-old trail baloney because he didn't check the date. We both look up, and there's two eight points standing in the path, looking at us like, "What are these guys doing?" And I looked at him. I'm like, "Ray, we just screwed up pretty bad, didn't we?" He goes, "Happens to the best of us, kid." <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> what's trail baloney?" It's the police. Put your hands up. <laughs> there's, there's, that's the big brother. Yeah. <laughs> the big brother. <laughs> Get him in here. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's got to let his dogs out. Oh. The um, trail bunny, it's summer sausage. Oh, okay, summer sausage, yeah. Yeah, we, we call it trail bunny. Yeah, yeah. that dude was wild. He, he's the same guy who, we all went out and bought new hunting gear one, one year, just new hunting clothes, new camera. And this old man, he had the same orange vest, I think, as long as I can remember, with holes ripped up in it. It had the shotgun shell slots that were all stretched out. And I'm like, Ray, why don't you just go buy a new orange vest? He goes, Why? He goes, it's still orange, ain't it? I'm like, well, you could get a newer one. He goes, once again, kid, why? I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he had a, he's just one of those old guys. And he's always shot big deer. And he could go out smelling like old spice or brute or whatever it was and still shoot a deer. And I'm like, ah, oh, he's just whatever. And here I am covered in scent killer and ozonics, just hoping for the best, not seeing nothing. And there he is. Your problem is because you didn't have Old Spice. You had Degree. That, that was the I, biggest I'm issue. That, that, that Old Spice or that brute aftershave. <laughs> they can Ugh. smell it from 350 miles away. It's so strong. Yeah, but, but they're like, oh, it's fine. It's safe. It's the old guy. He's going to miss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, that's, that's my goal is Ohio, West Virginia, and PA. And then next year I want to try to do Kentucky. I'm going to. It's hard to hunt Kentucky. There's not whitetail's not that great there. And then upper state New York. Mm. So we have family up there. They got I, I think it's a hundred acre maple syrup farm that butts up to like four thousand acres of state land. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna try it next year. No, the family doesn't hunt it that hard anymore. We should be on the upswing of that place. So the- that's one of the big things up there in New York. Like, there's, like, the Adirondacks is hundreds of thousands of acres of just public land. And there's some good deer, you know? Like, you probably saw it at Huntstock. You have, you know, the Adirondack Trackers. You have the Adirondack Cowboys. I mean, there's a lot of dudes that go up. There's a couple boys we had Jordan on from um, Big Woods Bucks. And he he's up there in the Adirondacks. And, I mean, there's some big deer. I mean Austin, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we used. I remember when I was little, my uncle. He, he was a wild man. Like, there, there was there was some some screws loose in that guy, and he would literally put us all in a, a it was like a Chevy Savannah van, and he'd have his rifle right down in between the seats, and he would drive around. And if he saw you would see fifty, sixty deer in the field, and he'd jump out, run through the field, and shoot them. And I'm just like, what is going on around here? And now you go up there, and the deer, like, I don't know what happened, but they just, like, disappeared. And now they're finally starting to come back. But, I mean, a, a big buck up there is a six point right now, which is wild. Yeah, because it's the wild, wild west up there, my friend. Yeah, there ain't, there's no regulation. No. Like, you're lucky to see a cop from 
100 miles. Yeah. Let it's alone a, a game warden. Like, they got their hands full up there. It's a different world up there, my friend. It's a different world. But they, they, there's some good deer up there. I mean, them boys that get in them backwoods and them big woods, they, there's some big deer up there. It's a different it type of beautiful. hunt. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. The terrain is beautiful. Like, you can just sit there all day. Like, the, uh, I mean, we were up there probably 10 years ago, and we just watched a group of bears just roaming around. Mm-hmm. Like it was nothing. And I'm like, okay, this isn't something you see back home. I go with mom and two bear cubs. No. And they were just playing around. It's just stuff you don't see. Like I'm just like, man, that's that's kind of cool. What made you pick West Virginia though? Is that a normal state that you normally get it is into? Ten minutes from my house. Oh, okay. And and where where I can hunt in West Virginia, the state land, it's still kind of like Ohio deer. Okay. Because it's that northern part of West Virginia. It's yep. flatter. It's I mean it's I mean it's still West Virginia. It's still mountainy and a mess but the deer are bigger there i mean it, it's it's way better hunting you're in that corridor that's cool that's good yeah kind of like that west virginia pa little mm-hmm. triangle there yeah that's the big the big bucks up there in the corner cody used to tell us that trev yeah from ohio you yeah he can't go shit in ohio but he can go over to west virginia and stack them up yeah for sure west virginia <laughs> Trump, mama. Trump, mama. <laughs> <laughs> Country oh geez, now we gotta sing it. <laughs> no. well, what's y'all, what's, what's All right, this, what's y'all this, this is Big Chuck. Yeah, what's Big up, Chuck? Yeah, call me Big Chuck. Yeah, flex on you know. <laughs> you hunt, what is what is it? It? Chuck, 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 what's the game plan in the morning? You hunting in the morning or what? No, probably in the afternoon. Yeah. What no, I tell you? What, how, how can you not come out? What I tell you? The wind's not right, no, or what's I'd going on? I'd be up at five thirty in the morning on the weekdays for work. So on weekends, <laughs> I'm snoozing, snoozing. Tomorrow's Not opening day. Now. You got to get up and go hunting opening day. You got better to do. Sleep. <laughs> He's got twins on the way. He's getting sleep. In. That's right. I'm getting my sleep while I can. Okay, because I know that that's going to be a rarity once they get here. That's true. That's true. Big Chuck, hey, before you go, I got a quick question for you, man. What drives you outdoors? What drives me outdoors? Food. Oh. (laughs) That's all he eats, so deer meat is his diet. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Kind of strict with my diet nowadays. I don't eat, like, a ton of, like, processed meat, so I try to stick with as much venison as possible just because it's so lean and it's good for you. Um. Yeah, I, I'm at the gym five days a week, dude. Like, it's just, there's no time for any kind of, like, saturated fats or anything like that, so. I love it. Yeah, venison's the best thing. My wife, when we first got together, was not a big fan of venison, and then I, like, cook ground deer meat with everything. So, like, it slowly grew on her, and it's to the point now where she doesn't even like the taste of ground beef. Venison only. Like, if I cook something with ground beef, she's like, this tastes gross. What are you doing? She's like, we need we need deer meat. So, yeah, that's a big driving factor for me. And, you know, I like to sit in the woods with my little beats in and just scroll through TikTok and wait for a deer to walk past. <laughs> See? Hey, Nothing See? wrong with I got with my priorities straight. Yeah, Big Chuck knows what's oh. good. I guess I'm going to have to put the beats in. That's right. You put the beat in in one of your... I watched deer last year. I was sitting there scrolling through TikTok. I look up. There's a, there's a little doe. I'm like, hey, what's up, pal? I was like, it's a good thing you ain't got antlers. Otherwise, you'd be on the ground. <laughs> I took so many videos last year of just random little deer walking past me. And I, I could not get a big one to come by. Not, not one bit. I'm like, where? Because you're watching TikTok. No. Yeah, you probably hear those beats. 
<laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, they probably hear my dank memes and they're like, we got to stay far away from this guy because he's going to put us in the dirt. <laughs> what can I say? The deer can sense it, man. They're like, that's a savage right there. We got to stay away from him. Oh, boy. God, what can I say? I, listen, the last time I got a deer, this is no joke, I got out of work. No, it was class. And I get into the stand literally an hour and a half, or no, two hours before, you know, daybreak. Like, you know, we're, we're actually going to lose all kind of shooting light. I'm sitting there in my stand. I'm just beat from the day. I'm falling asleep. And, like, it's one of those moments where, like, your head's, like, nodding. And, like, it, I, I kid you not, I woke up 15 minutes had gone by, go back to sleep. And I wake up, and there's four doe standing right in front of me. I was like, oh, hey. Pick up the bow, smoke it. I was like, what are the odds? I'm going to fall asleep in my stand. And one time I wake up, there's some deer. What we call luck. Yeah. Well, there you go. Or just, just get up. Just wake up I in the mean, morning, get in your tree stand, and then take a nap in your tree stand in the morning. Yeah, go back to sleep. Yeah, just, <laughs> just go start, back to sleep, man. Up, walk what up? I don't know. Papa Bear's going out in the morning, so I'll let him go out and see what he can see and then see if he can get some magic rolling. If not, I'm going to go out in the afternoon, see what I can find. Show see what kind of mess I can get myself into. So, I don't know. Dad, Dad tends to get pretty lucky, so we'll see what happens. He, he, he's worse than me, man. He'll sit out there for like 20 minutes and he'll see a buck walk past him. This is me. I've been hunting for 10 years. I'm lucky to even see a buck. <laughs> I've seen maybe three bucks in my 10 years of hunting. That's no joke. Yeah, but it's in beats. Uh, it's not beats. beats. The beats <laughs> are keep your eyes open. Be the AirPods. I play that <laughs> Keep your eyes open. Try not to fall asleep. You might see more bucks. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan, what drives you outdoors, my man? Hmm. Peace and quiet. I'm not even gonna lie. Really? Yep. Just relaxing. I could do. I I could sit there for years. And not see a buck, and I'm just happy just being able to do it. That's just a bonus. When 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 the bone comes in on on top of the head, that's just a bonus. Just a bonus. Nothing yep. wrong with that. I love so, it. I, 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 you know what I mean? I'm happy with quiet. I bet the hustle and bustle of life, and then to get out there and just you know enjoy God's green earth and just relax and just kind of kick it back, dude. It's probably nothing wrong with it at all. Nope, and that's that's what I told Brad. Like, that's where me and Brad are different. Like, he goes hard. Like that kid will dedicate every square minute. And I'm just like, dude, I'm going to have to relax. Like, I will sit there, and if I see one, I see one. If I don't, I'm going to talk about how I didn't. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I just like to relax. Big Cuz likes to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, boy. Chuck. Listen to beats, man. I love it. I love it. Just enjoying it for food. Watch, watching TikTok. Yeah. What's the plan in the morning, Jordan? You going to the you going to the Wildberry Patch or what? I'm I'm going to Wildberry Patch. I'll be there at five forty five. I'm giving myself plenty of time before the sun comes up. I like it. You going is a preset in there? You My dad hang- should be out there. Oh, it's a it's preset. We're, it's already hung. All I gotta do is carry the camera arm in with me, set it up, Flip and go. In. Sit down. I like it. Yep, that guy, uh, the the backyard sense fellow we met up there. I've yep. been putting his stuff out. It's been working pretty good. They've, yeah. they've been hitting it and staying in there. So I think that's kind of that may be a part of keeping keeping the box in there. Just they're they're intrigued by what's coming around. 
I just I just sent him a couple of videos the other day to put up on the social because I've been getting some good results with it myself. Yeah, it's working pretty good. I've, I've had good luck on it. Brad's had good luck on it. That video he posted the other night was that, that, that stuff too. And mm-hmm. it's, he hasn't had his big fellow on there in a couple of weeks. And then he puts that out. And then that night he's in there licking. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. He does not like when something else is in his woods. Nope. If, if he puts that one on the ground, man, I may just hang up my bow for the year and just stare at his deer. I mean, you seen that video on that thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I told him he's going to be shaking so bad he ain't going to know where his pins are. Yeah, he'll become cool collective until it happens, bro. And then it's yeah. a different ball game. That thing is massive. But yeah, he got lucky. He's got that he's got a likable face, I guess. Yeah. He stopped asking that guy. He goes, Yeah, you can hunt here. No everybody he's like, Well anybody else? He goes, Nope, just you. Full sense. Me and Garrett are sitting in the car just shaking our heads like, You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> like, hey, what about us, dude? Is yeah. it the beards? Like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people just got it. Some people don't, my friend. Oh, he he's definitely got it. Yep. Well, Jordan, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, where they can follow along this season, they can keep up with, you know, your opening day success after you shoot the big one in the wild berries. Um, kind of tell everybody what's going on. Oh, you can give us a follow on Facebook. It's Buckeye Brothers Outdoors. Same thing on Instagram, Buckeye Brothers Outdoors and YouTube. And if you want to just check out the website, that's Buckeye Brothers Outdoors. Cool. I mean, we, we kept it simple. That's good. Same on all all four platforms. That's awesome, man. Jordan, we appreciate it. Keep, oh, go ahead. If you want to keep up with Garrett, he's on there. We're, we're posting as much as we can about how he's doing. We're going to try to keep everybody the best we can. It's There's a lot of people reaching out. So just make the post and keep everybody informed. He's He's a trooper. He'll, he'll get it. Absolutely. And the GoFundMe link is also in the bio on Instagram. You guys might want to click that. And if you feel generous and helping him out and getting him back on his feet, it's probably a good place to go and do that. And we send our best to Garrett. And uh, hopefully he's back up and in the woods soon. Man, he's in our hearts and our, our thoughts. So and everybody else, go and check him out. And uh, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. <laughs>